Hey guys, time for another comms check with me, Chad. On the 307 podcast, thanks for joining me. Yeah, we're going to go deep on today's con on today's comms check. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to talk to you guys about some uh, parts of scripture that I've been studying and that have been speaking to me here lately. But first, I'm just going to let you know where I've been. I know um, I have not been posting a ton of episodes here lately on the 307 podcast. You know, you guys will learn <laughs> as you get to know me better throughout the years. When it comes around to October and November, I kind of go, I kind of go black. I kind of go missing. And you may not hear much from me during those months of October and November because I'm out doing something that I really, really enjoy. And yeah, it's called hunting. It's been a big part of my life. And, you know, it's a part of me. I am a meat eater. And I enjoy going out and harvesting my own food. It's a big part of nourishing myself, body, soul, and spirit, and spending time in nature. So that's where I've been. It's been a it's been a great uh, it's been a great season, and this is my favorite season of the year is the fall. So I've been spending a lot of time outside, and. I guess I apologize for not staying on top of the episodes. You know, and here's the thing with the 307 podcast, guys. I strive to put out the best content to you guys. Not the most, but the best. So for me, unless I have a developed thought or a developed con content, tent or con whatever you call it unless it's fully developed i'm not gonna share it with you guys unless it's been tested right so yeah that's always been my objective with this podcast is quality over quantity but anyways i'm glad to be here with you today for this comms check everything's going good around here what am I most excited about right now? Well, we just wrapped up the basic course classes for 2020. It's been an awesome year. We've got to train 48 of the most amazing human beings on the face of the earth, in my opinion. So what an honor that's been. And also resurrected. I'm really excited about that. We just started that this month. It's November 2020, and uh, I took the first week, Blake took the second, and Nathan is coming up this Sunday, so I'm pumped to hear what Nathan's going to bring. Now, this comms check, again, I've been studying the New Testament, um, really the writings of the Apostle Paul here, here lately, and there's so much that Paul says 
that just resonates with me. This is the Paul, the Apostle Paul was an amazing man. You can tell that by his writings. Now, his writings and the things that Paul says in the many books that he wrote are very, very deep thoughts. And, um, you know, here's the thing. The things that Paul talks about, the things that we'll talk about today on this comms check, really in all reality, I don't want to say they don't matter, but they're not essential for your salvation, right? Everything, the only thing that that matters is Jesus and you grasping the concept of Jesus Christ. That is what matters to your salvation. Just keep that in mind as we work through some of these kind of deeper topics. If you're not ready for it, that's fine. If you don't quite understand it, that's fine. You don't need to beat yourself up about it. This is this is going to be this stuff as you work through Paul's books is is more solid food, right? As you develop in your faith and you want to dig a little deeper, Paul gives you the ability to do that. Now, the interesting thing about Paul is he he has a lot of revelations about life and especially about life in what he calls the latter days. All right. Now, first of all, as we talk about the latter days and the and things in Scripture that we're about to read, uh, I I've never I've never really uh, this is never a part of what I share with new believers in Christ. In other words, I've never been able to encourage anyone who might be interested in serving Christ by telling them that this is the last days or the latter days. In all reality, I'm not qualified to even make that prediction. And I don't make that prediction. I believe that the latter days basically started immediately after Jesus Christ ascended back into heaven and was seated at the right hand of God the Father. And then we received the Holy Spirit here on earth. I believe that's when the latter days started. So we've been living in the latter days for 2,020 years. Isn't it amazing that the death of Jesus Christ literally marks the time that we all go by, the, the time that the, the, the years that the entire earth and humanity uses, those were marked by the death of Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, might want to pay attention to that. Anyways, I asked myself as I look through or read through Paul's writings, where in the world 
did Paul get all of this stuff? How does he how does he know all of this stuff? How are these thoughts so developed? And the only thing I can figure is that Paul had some insight that your your average person doesn't really have. He got to see something. He was shown something by Jesus that that we all don't get to see, which has allowed him to have the, the context and the insight that he has shown us through his books here in the Bible. Now, <clears throat> where did he get that insight from? From the best I can tell, I got to go back to 2 Corinthians where Paul is speaking about himself, and he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was called up into the third heaven. And I know such a man, how he was called up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one... I will boast yet not of myself. I will not boast except in my infirmities. And he goes on uh, along uh, and, and talks about not boasting and this and that. But the, the takeaway I get from this is Paul was actually caught up into the third heaven, which is the dwelling, the dwelling place of God. Now the way I can under the way I understand heaven in my mind, and again, this doesn't matter. This is this is Chad's theory, but the way I understand heaven is we've got the first heaven is everything, the space between the ground we're standing on and our upper atmosphere. The second heaven is space, what we call space, right? Everything between our atmosphere, all throughout the galaxy. Um, what we know of as space. The third heaven is the dwelling place of God. And Paul tells us that he was caught up to the third heaven. And he says he doesn't know whether he was in his body or out of his body. He doesn't quite understand how, it, how, it, how he got there, but he's been there. And he heard things that other people don't get to hear. So he made a trip up there. And... I got I have to imagine that on that journey is where he got some of the stuff that he talks about in his books. Now, as we go through this, again I've been reading through we'll start in first first Thessalonians. And the first thing that stood out to me right here, this these books are packed packed with just solid solid life principles whether you're a Christian or not. The first thing Paul challenges us to do is he says we should aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind our own business, and to work with our own hands. Wow. I don't know. I just had to share that with you. Aspire to lead a quiet life, mind your own business, and work with your hands. That's something that we should all aspire to do. Now, moving forward from there, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the, the text that references what Paul calls the latter days. 
And we'll start with in the same, on actually on the same page in First Thessalonians, Paul says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, when we say, when humanity says, peace and safety, exclamation point, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Peace and safety. Now, there's nothing wrong with peace and safety, but is that not the battle cry that we hear now in society today, peace and safety? I saw a post from a very well-known politician the other day, and it said, wear a mask. It's your patriotic duty. It's your patriotic duty. And I thought, man, you're making it hard for an old boy to keep his mouth shut. Peace and safety. You know, life itself is a constant state of undulation. You've heard me say that. I accept that life can be turbulent and life can be dangerous As a matter of fact, when you're living life to the fullest, you're experiencing true adventure, you have to accept a certain level of danger. So we hear the battle cry in today's society, peace and safety, do anything, give up everything in order to achieve peace and safety, and avoid any risk, avoid any danger, avoid any uh, anything, right? Stay home, peace and safety. But Paul says, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. So, we move on through this text. We're moving down. Now, I'm just picking this apart, guys. You guys go and read it all yourself. And then it says, Paul says, but, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Now, here's one part of the text that calls us to be sober. It calls us out to be sober. I know a lot of people ask me, oh, is it, is it, Oh, okay, hold on. You go out. You go out to eat dinner with Christian folk. And you might be nervous to order a beer, right? Or a glass of wine or something like that because you think they may they may judge you, and a lot of them will. All right? There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't enjoy a glass of wine. There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't drink a beer, a beer, right? but it does say to be sober. What does be sober mean? That means exactly what it means, that it becomes a problem when your mind is altered by a drug such as alcohol or a drug such as marijuana. Though they may not do you harm physically in every way, 
scenario. It is not in alignment with God's will for your life to ever be drunk. We are called, we are set apart to be sober. Now, we who are of the day, it is so nice to live in the light. It is so wonderful to live in the light where nothing has to be hidden or brushed under the rug or you, 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 don't, you, you don't have to bear that burden when you're living in the light. We who are of the day should be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love. Three things we have, right? Faith, hope, and love, but love is the greatest of them all. And also, we put on the helm, the helmet of hope of salvation. So we see those three aspects in here, faith, hope of salvation, and love. Loving ourselves, loving our neighbors, and loving God. We who are in the light, that's what we should aspire to do. Let's move on through this, moving toward the end of the chapter here. Paul calls us, so not only has he called us here to live a quiet life, mind our own business, and work with our hands, but then he says to test all things and hold fast to what is good. Now what he's saying here, test all things. Now, why would Paul tell us to test all things? Because simply, people who are in the darkness like to blur the lines between right and wrong. How many lifestyles, issues, and choices do we have in modern society where you've got a bunch of people saying, there's nothing wrong with it. It's all good. But you've got some people saying, no, that's not good. So the people in the darkness like to blur that line between right and wrong. Because essentially, if Satan can blur the line between right and wrong, and we, as humans, can no longer clearly see what is right and what is wrong. We can never repent. Repentance is a key part of your salvation. So this is a backdoor tactic that Satan is using on humanity by blurring the lines between right and wrong. Now, how do we know what is right and what is wrong? When we don't have our, our leaders aren't telling us that, um, uh, our, you know, Instagram's not telling us that. Uh, even maybe people in our inner circle are confused about right and wrong. Paul says it's easy. He says, test all things. In other words, look at the lifestyle. Look at the choice. Look at the action. And then break it down and identify what are the fruits of that lifestyle, of that choice, of that action? What are the fruits of it? What is produced by that lifestyle, choice, or action? Now, that's how you test all things. 
And then Paul tells us to hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every evil. This is repentance. Turning, changing direction, holding fast to what is good and abstaining from all evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. This is three of seven project. This is all about mastering, nourishing, and maintaining our spirit, soul, and body. And Paul here calls them out one by one. So test all things and hold fast to what is good. Now, moving forward into 2 Thessalonians, this is the very next book. Paul says, all right, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth They did not receive the love of the truth. They didn't want the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, for what reason? For this reason, the reason being the people don't want the truth. They want what feels good. They want what causes the least amount of headache. They want what is going to make them fit in. They don't want the truth. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. A strong delusion. Now, I look around me, we look around ourselves, and we say, we say, how? How? The, 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 the things, the choices that are being made the things that we're doing as a country and, and as a species, things, hot topics, right? Things like, an easy one's abortion. You look at these and you say, and that's just one, but you look at these things and you say, how in the world can people even make a case that this is right? How and people that make cases for these detrimental choices, lifestyles, and decisions, people that make the case for them, those actions that they are right, they actually believe it. They actually believe there's nothing wrong with the things they're advocating for. And then we look at it and we say, well, look, you can just look at the fruits of this and see that it's quite obviously the wrong thing to do. Quite obviously, this is not a good decision for us as a country, as a species, as human beings, regardless of religion. Quite obviously, this is a poor 
decision. And so you look at these these this big group of people in society that are advocating for these things, and you say, how in the world can they actually believe this? They're passionate about it because they so strongly believe the lie. And Paul tells us right here, it's because for so long, if you live for long enough denying the truth and not wanting the truth, that God will send you a strong delusion and that you will actually believe in the lie. We see this playing out in the world. It's for real. And that's what, I don't want to say it scares me, but so many people think that, well, you know, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live it. And, you know, maybe when I get older, get closer to my deathbed, maybe then I'll study up on Jesus, right? Well, when we look at this text, and then there's another text where Paul talks about if you deny the truth for long enough, that you'll be turned over to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind. This one says that we will be sent a strong delusion, that we will believe the lie. Now, when you receive this delusion instead of the truth, or you are turned over to a reprobate mind, there is no longer any hope for you. There is no longer any hope for you because you can no longer and will never be able to see the line between right and wrong, and you will never be able to repent. This is a danger that we face as humans, that if we don't heed the call of Jesus Christ on our lives, and if we do not receive his forgiveness, his atonement, if we do not receive the truth for long enough, you are in danger of being turned over to a reprobate mind. And I thank God that I was not turned over. I thank God that when I was living in lies and deceit and sin, that I didn't receive a strong delusion and actually start to believe in the lie. See, I, even, even when I was living that way, I always knew the way I was living was wrong. My conscience was still intact. And I'm so thankful for that. All right. I know. That's a deep topic. It's a, that's a tough one to swallow right there. All right, we're going to move through here a few more. I think two more scriptures we're going to talk about here. And I'm just moving forward now into 1 Timothy. Starting in chapter 4, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter time some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Right? There we see again that deception giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Again, when you look at people around you, when you look at things on the news, when you look at things happening in the world, and you can 
so clearly see the difference between right and wrong, you should thank God for your ability to see the difference between right and wrong. Because it tells you, even if you're not a Christian, it tells you that your conscience is still intact and that you are not giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Your own conscience seared with a hot iron. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created and received and and to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Oh my, what what do we see unfolding around us? Forbidding to marry. What does that even mean, forbidding to marry? We have now blurred the lines between gender. And that will continue to get worse. That's that's another thing that we can look at and say this is clearly insane. But it's happening. Right? Deceiving spirits, deception, reprobate mind, all those. That's why it's happening. We'll see people commanding to abstain from foods. Look. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever you, however you freaking eat, I 100% support you. But you should not join a cult that revolves around abstaining from, from certain foods. We literally see this playing out. It is huge. It's huge. These people, millions that that choose these certain diets and they actually look down on other people that don't make the same choice that they make. They actually think that you and I are wrong for not abstaining from certain foods that they have deemed unfit to eat or immoral to eat or unethical to eat. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not what God told me in this book. All right. God created all foods to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Pretty interesting, right? The last one we'll talk about is going into 2 Timothy. Paul says, but know this, that in the last days, so again, we're talking about the latter days, whenever that is, whenever, I don't know, like I told you when I thought the latter days started, we don't know when it, when it, when it is, and it doesn't matter. Perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, 
headstrong, haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Now you can break this down any which way you want. You can We could spend an hour talking through this single section right here. But I want to focus on the last part. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. I think we see that happening within our own community as servants of Christ, as Christians. When, when, when I say the word Christian, I'm not talking, I don't say that with a religious connotation. A Christian is literally a follower, a servant of Jesus Christ. That is what that means. Now, how many churches, um, I mean, we could name names, a lot of big mega churches, right? It's a form of godliness, but denying its power. I want you to understand something. This, this stuff is for real. Your relationship with Christ and the things that are written in this Bible, this is not primarily for self-help. This is not some self-help, make-you-feel-good book to read. Now, it will help you, and it is the only path to freedom, and it is the only standard of truth on earth, but it's for real. It is powerful. We're talking about eternal life and immortality. We're talking about a way to live forever in the presence and perfection of your Creator and my Creator, God. So understand the difference between someone just trying to make you feel good and someone actually founded on the rock, speaking truth and power because that's what this is. Although it can be offensive, it can be hard. It's, it's something that you have to strive for. All right, guys, that's a pretty long comms check. We're at 34 minutes. Again, this is what I have been studying on here lately over the last few days, and I just wanted to go through it and share it with you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a lot to digest, but, hey, it was fun for me to talk through it and share it. Thank you guys for, again, listening. This is, a, this is similar to what we do on Resurrected. Um, although not exactly the same. So if you enjoyed this, go and support us on Patreon. We appreciate that. And join us on Sunday nights for Resurrected. If you didn't enjoy it, thank you for bearing with me, and that is totally fine.
because not everyone has to believe the same way I believe. I can still love you. I can still get something from you. I can still be your friend. So we'll wrap it up right there. I just released an interview episode with Aaron Smith. If you guys haven't heard it, go and listen to it, please, because it is very, very powerful. His story is amazing. It'll be episode number 58, I think, so right behind this comms check. Aaron shares a lot of solid principles with us along his journey, over 20 years serving his community as a law enforcement officer. Please go leave us a review on Apple and uh, let us know how you're enjoying the show. Leave us a comment on Instagram. Share this episode on Instagram, please. Share this episode with a friend because that's the only way this works. We got a new sponsor I want to talk to you guys about real quick. Wake Up Waffles. Um, Yeah, I eat these things like crazy. If you like waffles, this these wake-up waffles are off the chain. They, they are made fresh, shipped to you, and they are unbelievable. The quality of ingredients. It's the world's only plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, soy-free waffles. So they're really clean. It's a really clean source of fuel. Check them out. At wakeupfoods.com, wakeupfoods.com. Order yours. I just saw they got a Black Friday sale starting now, 20% off your order. Use code FRIDAY20. I just, I'm looking at their website right here. Anyways, these wake up waffles, this is what I ate during my race at the Mid State Mile. I pretty much lived off of these wake up waffles for 30 something hours while running at the Mid State Mile. And after that, I was sold on these things. We keep them in our freezer. We keep them stocked. So go get you some wake-up waffles. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. You get what you pay for, right? You get what you pay for. Go follow them on Instagram at wake.upfoods. I'll attach it in the show notes of this episode you'll be able to go check them out. And I uh, hope you enjoy them as much as I do. Wake Up Waffles, thank you for sponsoring this episode of the 307 Podcast. Enough said.